real as it gets. Hey, this is Marcia Prince, IFBB Bikini Pro and Gasberry Nutrition Spokesmodel, and you are listening to the UCW Radio Show, In Your Face. The number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. Give it to me, baby. All right, welcome to the UCW Radio Show, and today we have a really special guest waiting to come on the show. You know, let's talk about the trifecta. Boxing, bodybuilding, powerlifting. You put them all together, and you're going to get this one guy, this one guy from Akron, Ohio, who became a bodybuilding icon. So without further ado, please welcome... Bodybuilding icon, champion, powerlifter, and former uh, Golden Gloves boxer, Eddie Robinson. Eddie, welcome to the UCW Radio Show. How are you? I'm great, Lewis. Thank you for inviting me, bud. Oh, well, thank you for coming. I mean, Eddie, with, without a doubt, there's no doubt in my mind, you are one of the class acts in the world of bodybuilding. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate I'm honored. Yeah, well, I mean, it's true because, I, look, I come across a lot of people in bodybuilding. You have people that are arrogant, people that are this, that. You are definitely one of the class acts, and uh, I'm stating that here. Um, you've been around the, the world of bodybuilding for, for some time. You know, right. Well, you know, yeah, I started as a teenager back when I was 16, 17. I, I basically started off in powerlifting. That's where mm-hmm. uh, I pretty much got my, my notice from, from Joe Weider. I took a couple teenage world records in the bench press, and uh, you know, you know, the powerlifting was my game at the beginning. But you know, as we know, in powerlifting, there's, there's a lot of there's not a lot of money to be made. I mean, you can be the world's strongest guy, take world records, and you know, so you get a couple of covers on powerlifting USA, but it doesn't pay the bills, you know. So, you know, Joe would talk me into, hey, you know, endorsing uh, the leader line of uh, nutrition and the publications, and putting on a speedo, <laughs> 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 uh, you know. My life turned around. Of course, I made a lot of enemies when I did that. For you know, it's like bouncing from a powerlifter into a bodybuilder. You know, us powerlifters used to make fun of the bodybuilders. You know, and I end up switching gears. You know, but uh, the thing is, you, you got to look at what you enjoy in life. And uh, in the gym, you know, it was was my my escape. It was my happiness, and you know, I was just so blessed that I could, I could make a living at it. And and like I say, the powerlifting there just wasn't the money to be made. It was a great sport. Great people in the sport, you know, um, rub shoulders with some great people. Joe Gladnier, um, Kazmar, my mentor is Fred Hatfield. I grew up since Fred the Hatfield. Fact, Fred, Fred Hatfield. Fred lives, yep. Fred lives two blocks from my house. <laughs> hmm. Dr. Pasquale, um, you know, it's a part of the game was my, 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 my deal. And I just love the sport. Like I say, just wasn't the money in there, but, uh, after talking to Joe when I was about 17, 18, you know, I started competing. And, uh, you know, I was lucky and blessed to win the Teenage USA and then the America and then went off into the Men's Open USA, win the, you know, the America and then off to the IFBB back in 1989, 1990. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but th- there's a lot there's a lot to you, Eddie. And, 
you know, it's and you just touched on it. You know, it's beyond bodybuilding. The world of bodybuilding, you know, nowadays is different than it was back then. And you're right, powerlifters did make fun of bodybuilders because they thought they were girly. You know, because that that that's the way it was. Because I used to be a powerlifter myself, so I, I I you know back in the day, so I understand that. You know, I mean, geez, I mean, when you powerlifted, you uh you you hit a mammoth bench of six ten. Yeah, I, I I took a I took a world record at uh, uh, a teenage world record at it was I, I believe it was five ten. I'm not sure. I have to look at my oh my god! And then then I went off to do a, a five seventy five, and then I went to the men's of open, and then I took a, I did a, a six ten. The heaviest I did, <clears throat> you got to remember the six ten <clears throat> I did, Lewis was was back in the day. And and and, and all honestly, I didn't wear a power suit. I didn't wear the Einzer two ply, whatever, whatever that they're wearing today. They take. I mean, I watch these powerlifters in the gym, and I scratch my ass and I say, "What the hell? These guys, you know, got their arms torqued, torqued straight in front of them. It takes at least two to three hundred pounds just to cock their arms back. For God's sake, you know." Yeah, I, I took my world record. I classify it as raw. I did it in the T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and, the, back then, what, what, what did we have? We had the the, the wrestling outfits. The, uh, the we had the the uh, <laughs> that's all that that's what you had when you power lifted. That's all that's all that you had. You didn't have the the compressed stuff that you have today. Right, ex- exactly. So, like I said, I did my six ten in a t shirt. Took the world record. Uh, Brad had had Hatfield and uh, uh, what was his name again? Uh, Rick Wild were were judging the show here in Tampa. Wow. And, uh, you know, I didn't even know I, I, I broke the world record. But uh, I got a, you know, if you do four four lifts, they allow you to, to do a, a fourth lift, you know, right. if you get three good lifts, just to see what you can do, not that it would count. I ended up doing a 675 with a bounce. <laughs> that was the heaviest I've ever went in my life with a 675. But on the touch and go, you know, you know the rules on powerlifting, yeah. of course, and the, on the bench, you know, no no daylight under the back, the, the legs, the, the, the feet cannot move. Uh, you must lower the bar slowly to a complete stop on your chest, and the judge behind you is just watching that bar. And if it sinks just a little bit, that son of a bitch ain't going to clap, and that sucks when you're waiting for him to clap, you know? Yeah. And you, you're bringing that tonnage down, and, you know, I, I recall that 610, I went and racked it, my partner unracked it for him, and I'm holding out there. I'm bringing it down nice and slow. And, Lewis, when you bring that weight down nice and slow, of course, the, the bar is bending, and you can actually—I felt my vertebrae is just a popping on the way down, you know. And then just praying this guy will clap as fast as he can, so I can bring it to the complete stop <laughs> without sinking in. But I, I managed to bring it down to complete stop and bring it back up to lockout and complete the six ten. So you know that was that was one of the—I would say one of the the best points of my life breaking the world record. Not the thing is not really realizing I did that when Fred came up. He said. Dude, you know what you just did? You just blew away the world record. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, it must. I mean, just having that type of weight on top of you is amazing. And and you mentioned, look, you didn't have any any um, ancillary uh, equipment on you, the, the the compressed shirts, things of that nature. I mean, if you had that, you probably you probably be well into the uh, the mid sevens at least. Well, you, you know, you know the same things that they they say right now, and I know they put at least two hundred pounds on your bench. You know, and any power lifter that that's an avid power lifter on the bench will tell you, yeah, you can get at least two hundred pounds on that power suit if, if done right. Because you got to remember, you got that thing so locked so tight, your arms are straight out, and you know when you got that double ply canvas on you, it takes a lot to to push that bar down. You know, so to me, 
I don't think that's powerless. I don't think that's brute strength. I'm not. I don't. I don't think that shows you know true you know brute strength in an individual. You know, it's a, who has the best gear nowadays? You know, mm-hmm. on and off the stage or on the on the on the powerlifting block. You know, yeah. you know the best thing if you're going to do it, do it raw. You know, no. and especially when it came to powerlifting. Well, that that's when you know that look, and I, and I'll say this to anybody. You know how you are from bodybuilding, powerlifting, and we're gonna get into your, your Golden Glove stuff. You know you're the real deal. You're the real deal, man. You know, Thanks, uh, <laughs> yeah. But it, it's true. And I and look when when I bring people on the show, I just express my true feelings because you know it's it's my show, and I'm not gonna candy coat anything. And I like to bring people on here that have done amazing things that inspire people. You're one of those right. people. You inspire people. You've been doing it since the 80s. You're still doing it today, and you do it the right way because it's real. It's not, it's not phony. You know, let me, as you, let me get into this power suit. Let me do this. Let me, let me, let me jazz it up to impress someone. You weren't doing it. This was, you know, you being 100% real, doing it the right way, and making it all happen. And I think that's fantastic. Well, it just, Lewis, it just shows the true love and true passion of the sport and what you do. You know, I was always in the, in the lifting and. And I was passionate about it. I loved watching the body change and, and, and just basically doing it for myself. The main thing I got out of it, too, especially today, is, is my accomplishment is basically sharing it with others. I train a lot of youth, high school kids and, and athletes and what have you. And, you know, it's great to get, get back, help educate them on different lifts to help, you know, bring up their weaknesses and strengths and make them better in the, the, whatever sport they may be in. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just I'm just blessed that I'm able to stay in my circle, where I, what I love, you know, like I said, I'm still in the gym every day, and I'm blessed, you know, just to be able to make money at it still, even though I, I retired in, from the sport in 2002, and, you know, I still dabble writing for the publication, I still endorse, you know, some nutrition lines, I, I'm still heavily involved with the ISSA with Fred Hatfield, the National Sports Science Association, which is the best certification in personal training, because <laughs> 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 I love the guy so much, and it's just a great group of people. You know, and, and, and like I say, out there, the people that want to get certified, you know, look who's certifying you, man. You got Fred Hatfield that owns ISSA and Salad. You know, they're world record holders. They're power lifters. They're people who've been in there, been there, done that. They walk the walk. They talk the talk. <clears throat> they're not a bunch of suits out there to take your money. They're out there to educate your writing properly. Mm-hmm. And ISSA is basically the only college accredited certification you can get, which is great, you know, so... You know, the thing is, it, it, it's great to, like I say, what I'm trying to say, it's great to still stay into the sport, stay involved in lifting, and able to especially help out the youth, because I have a 14-year-old kid right now, he's about he's about 215 pounds. We're doing kettlebell cleans, he's using 50 pounds of one-arm raises, I mean, unbelievable. I can't wait to see this kid take off. Oh, that's a big boy. We, yeah, when he first came in, he was so uncoordinated, couldn't even walk properly because he had a broken leg and he favored one leg. This kid is now a powerhouse. He came in the gym, no self-esteem, looked down at the floor, uh, very timid. Uh, his mother brought him in their base to bring up, bring him up in spirit. He was just, uh, he needed to get, he was getting picked on, what have you. And I got him at, at probably 13, well, he's about 12, 13 years old when I got him. Right now he's, he's 14, just almost, he'll be 15 in a couple months. The kid's benching two and a quarter now. 50-pound one-arm raises with the kettlebell. <clears throat> the kid's a freak. He's, I spar with him every day. He comes in there. He's laughing. You know, we hit knuckles when he comes in. Looks me dead in the eye, which he never did to anybody. And this kid's outlook in life is just, you know, and that that's what makes you feel good. To, mm-hmm. to, to, you know, to take some kid that never thought about lifting and make it his passion and enjoy him. And, and like I say, it sets a good 
uh, a road for life. And I believe the gym life, being involved is a good circle of people. You know, it's better than, you know, hanging out the, you know, in the corner or the local bar or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just an avenue you take in life. And, you know, it, it, there's just a lot of good people in that area, in that well, arena. Well, I think anyone that's been involved in, in bodybuilding or powerlifting that actually has been in deep, you know, you you never really leave it. You may leave the competition part of it, but you never leave the life because it's a part of you. Right. Well, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you made it a part of you, but you you've been a part of everything. You you we I mentioned earlier you uh you you box at the Golden Gloves. Right. I I did four. I, I'm an Akron boy I'm from Akron, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what do you do in the wintertime? You know, either you're butt hugger or you're 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 boxing. And I hated wrestling. You know, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I was like, you know, most of uh. Uh, you know, this is, I'm not even going to go there, but the wrestling just wasn't my, my deal. So, you know, in the wintertime, I boxed. In the uh, summertime, of course, it was football and uh, hung out in the gym the rest of the time. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, four years Golden Gloves. Not to say that I was the best Golden Glover there, Lewis. I tell you what, you know, I, I boxed at the Akron Armory, and I was the only white guy there. And, and they were six foot. I was five five seven, and their reach was longer than I was tall. A lot of great guys in there, and I took a punishment. And I, I paid the piper, and I earned my respect at a young age. I was, <laughs> I was 14, 15 years old when I walked in that gym. And uh, I walked in there alone, and I was, I was, I was, no shit, I was the white sheep. I'm not the black sheep. <laughs> 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 but uh, I got in there, and I think that was, that was a lot of inspiration to be around some of these. Yeah, Chet O'Kelly had a lot of pro boxers in there. And just watching these guys, and basically, you know, I, my, my background started off as boxing, just hitting the bag, hitting the speed bag, jump rope. And I was ripped as a teenager. I really never lifted a lot of weight back then, you know, as I'm talking, I'm going back 13, 14 years old, besides mm-hmm. playing football and stuff. But, uh, you know, that's when people said, hey, you know, you ought to compete. You ought to do this and that because, you know, I had, I had, I had natural genetics. I had a physique for it. And all I was doing basically was, like I say, hitting the bag and jumping rope and what have you. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I did, I did four years of Golden Gloves, and it was, it was a great experience. I love it. I have a passion for it. And, like I say, it builds stamina and it builds the person you are, you know. Yeah. And it helps especially with kids to, just to give that self-esteem and to know that, hey, you know, they're not going to take any crap from any bullying around because they can handle their own, you know. They can stand their ground and they can look somebody in the eye without fear. And that, that's a good point that you bring up, the bullying. You know, nowadays, that's a really big issue. And I, and I, mentioned, I mentioned it on a few shows already. You know, you have bullying now is different than it was way back when. Right now, right. you have cyberbullying and you have, you have kids killing themselves because they're being bullied. Right. You know, and one thing that does help, you build your self-esteem. You build your self-esteem, guess what? You can let it roll off of you because it shouldn't affect you. But right. these kids can be vicious, and what you, your background uh, from boxing, powerlifting, bodybuilding, you know, you've done public speaking, you've done a lot of things, all this compiled into one ball makes you an asset to anyone that, that comes in your path because you can add so much to them to maybe get a light bulb in their head say, hey, you know what? Yeah, Eddie's right. I don't have to be this way, and I can be another way, and that does help people. So you, that, that's, that's great stuff. Right. Oh, exactly. Like I say, it just, it just builds character in the individual, especially when you're young. You know, it's all about, you know, that's why I always, you know, try and stress with parents, you know, get your kids in sports, get them involved in the gym, get them involved in something, you know. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you know, see a lot of the kids, you know, they're not involved in the sports, you know, they're, they're home and they got the latest and greatest new Xbox, whatever, whatever, you know, yeah, 
they would be good in the military sitting in a tank, you know, with shooting, you know, bombs or whatever it may be. Mm. But come on, we got to build character with these kids, you know, get them out there, get them in the gym, get them sparring, get them playing baseball, football. You know, my son Seth, you know, he's been playing ball since, you know, he was uh, seven years old, six, seven years old. It's just keep them out there, keep them active. And they are, you know, kids Kids aren't born champions. They're made champions. You know, it's, it's, it's directing them and showing them. Uh, the ropes of, of life, you know, and, and it's all about direction mm-hmm. and showing the right direction. That's why I like taking these kids and, 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 and I plug on my Facebook, as you see, you know, I, I plug my kids in there that are sparring with me and they're having a great time and seeing the stamina and, and their bodies changing and, and what have you, you know, it's just, it's good. It's, it's really good for them. Like I say, build self-esteem up. They feel good. And the main thing is that they're rubbing shoulders with good people. And that that's very important because, you know, in this world, it's easy to go down the wrong path. It's very easy. You know, oh, yeah. you go hang out with the wrong people. You want to be popular. So, you know, so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in a bad way. You know, so right. what you're doing is great uh, with the kids. And, and I mentioned earlier, you know, um, that you, you are the real deal. Okay, you, Thank you. you've you've done all this stuff, and you continue to do more, and, and that's amazing. Now, I, what I want to do is go back to Fred Hatfield, okay? And you, right. you we were talking about, um, you know, the accreditation and 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 fitness training and, and that that type of thing. You know, I I think that, and and I say this whether it's fitness training, and I, and I say this in the world of martial arts, I say this in a lot of things, if you are not trained properly, if you don't have the proper accreditation, you may not guide it the right way, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, if you're not guided the right way to train people, because I've been to gyms, I don't, I've been to gyms all over the, all over the world, you have trainers that don't know their ass from their elbow, and they, you, they're trying to train you, you have some skinny, some skinny kid, oh, you want personal training? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What are you going to teach me? Tell me. Right. You know. Funny, I, I see that every day. You know, I see some of these personal trainers, and you're right. A lot of them are young kids in there. You know, they, they, they weigh a buck in the quarter. Not, not to knock that or anything. It's just that, you know, it is what it is. And you see them doing different lifts and doing behind-the-neck press, things that, you know, that are proven that's not the proper range of motion anymore. That can actually hurt a person and, and just watching some of the techniques and they're not using the full range of motion and, and, and what have you. You know, you're right. You must be taught properly. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's best to be, you know, if you're going to get certified, get a good accredited certification and make sure you look and see who's behind that certification. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, if you're putting this time and money and getting certified, a lot of these gyms know what's good and what's not. They're not going to let you work in the gym if you got a Cracker Jack certification from Acme Certification Online, knowing that it's an open book test. You didn't have to go to any college to sit down and take a two-hour test and mm-hmm. get graded. You're grading your own freaking test for Pete's sake, Lewis. It's crazy, mm-hmm. some of these certifications. It's, it's scary. So, it's a scary because, you. I mean, again, I may be wrong about this, but I'm assuming, you know, I don't have that accreditation, but... You know, you have to learn about physiology. You have to learn about everything involved there because now you're actually you can actually hurt somebody pretty exactly. badly if you do it wrong. Right. It's learning the body mechan- the mechanics of the body. You know, the proper ranges of motion and, and exercises, how to target it. You know, the repair, recovery, how often you should train that body part. It gets in the detail. You know, you got. I see some of these trainers train some. They get they get these. These, these clients with deep pockets, you know, mm-hmm. and they want to train five days a week. I see these 
trainers train the same body part every day. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, you know, you need certain, you know, 48 hours for big muscle, you know, groups, you know, chest, legs, back. You got to give a couple days of rest and recovery on this thing for you to hit it hard, you know? Oh, yeah. Arms, stuff, of course, you know, you can get away with giving yourself a day or two, you know? It's just, you know, they don't know the proper rest and recovery. And if you don't rest and recover, you're going to stay in a catabolic state. You're not going to grow. You're not going to build because that muscle stays broken down and, 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 and fatigued. No, but, you know that? And worse than that, but worse than that, you can get hurt. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, as I, as I told you, you know, I go and you've seen it. I've seen it. You go to a gym, you see someone and they're, they're looking to train someone. I see the I see trainers and, and it makes, you know, I've seen really, really good trainers. I have good friends of mine that, that are good trainers. They're great trainers. And but and, and seeing that, it kind of bothers me when you see someone that doesn't know what they're doing. They got a job in a gym doing this. But then I see them training someone that's actually that needs guidance, but you know right. they they don't look like they're too far off from who they're training. So right. <laughs> you know that's a little that's a little scary for me. Right, I, exactly. Yeah. No doubt about it. You know. Yeah, but I, I don't want to rag rag on these people too much. You know, I just figured I'd bring that up because we're talking about Fred Hatfield and the accreditation and how important it is. And you know, any listener out there. That if you are going to a trainer, you know definitely find out, look, find out what their accreditation is, and make sure that they are knowledgeable in what they're showing you, what they're teaching you. They know what they're talking about, nutrition, things of that nature. That is what makes a good trainer, not right. someone that says, "Go bench and do ten here, do ten reps there, two sets there, and I'll see you later." But make sure you leave your money at the door. Come on, really? Right. Exactly. Look, like, like the best the rule of thumb is, you know, for anybody out there looking for a personal trainer, you know, when you go in the gym, look at that trainer, do your due diligence, ask questions. Does he compete? Has he competed? You know, what's his degree in? Let's see your certification. Who are you certified through? Do your due diligence. Check out the certification he's with. Find out his titles, what he's done, if he's experienced in training himself, and he's knowledgeable in diet and nutrition. You know, and you're absolutely right. There's a lot of trainers in there that are, pr- are pretty much, I, I, I have a few that I know that are in worse shape than most of the people that are trying to diet get in good shape, you know, which is ridiculous. But, you know, it, it, is, it is what it is. Main thing is just doing your proper due diligence when you go in the gym. And like I say, you have to because you can get hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be guided the wrong way. And, you know, and you're paying good money, hard-earned money mm-hmm. for these trainers. And you've got to get, you know, your money's worth out of these guys. So, like I say, always do your due diligence. It's always, there's a lot of athletes out there that, that, that are retired mm-hmm. and they're personal trainers right now, and that's who you want to bang with. Every area has a retired pro athlete that's a trainer, mm-hmm. and they're all over the place. You know? oh, yeah. main thing is if they're booked up solid, you know, like myself, when I'm booked up, I give advice. They say, hey, you know, if I can't have you, do you know anybody? I always will refer to somebody that I respect and that know what they're doing and have the, 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 the proper education. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's always people out there, just don't be afraid to ask around. And, and like you say, spend your money wisely because you mm-hmm. can get hurt. Yeah. And you got to know how to, you got to know how to space up the body parts. You got to know how, when to train, you know, how often to train. And also, number one, Lewis, we all know, training is the easy part. Dieting is the hardest, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Got to put down those chocolate chip cookies. You got it, bro. <laughs> even if they're we gluten-free. All, even if they're gluten-free, you got to put them down. <laughs> we all love them, but we got to learn moderation. You go, there's yeah. been many times I came home and had a gallon of milk and two peanut butter jelly sandwiches and a 
and a you know a box of double stuffed Oreos, but you can't do that all the time. Off season. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we say it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> used to get fat. <laughs> oh my god, that's that's chubby season. <laughs> right. uh, oh yeah, you know, I get funny. a kick out of that one a lot, especially the athletes, especially bodybuilders. Say you know they're all heavy and fatty. Low, it's the off season. Dude, when I was competing for my 20 years on the IFB stage, there was no off-season, dude. I mean, you are what you are. You're rep- you're representing, man. And if you're representing, you better be at the top of your game 24-7. And that was the reason Joe kept me under contract for the 12 years for the, the publication. You could have called me anytime, anywhere, to guest pose, do a seminar, and I would take my shit off, and I was on the money. And I'd talk to talk, and i walked walk to walk. It was my life, and that's what I did. That's a key <laughs> thing. That's a key thing you just said, Eddie. It's your life. It was a lifestyle. Exactly. It was a lifestyle. Yeah. It was my passion and love, you know? Mm-hmm. It, wasn't, it wasn't basically, of course, I can't say it wasn't for the money, because it was, it was a lot for the money that, you know, that kept you pushing hard all the time. You know, it made it a little bit easier, but it was a passion to compete. It was a passion to look the best that you can, mm-hmm. and it was a passion to devastate any sport that I was in. Mm-hmm. You know, I never thought I would out arm wrestle, you know, and, and these guys are like, hey, let's do some arm wrestling. And I started doing some arm wrestling down, you know, flying around, and then we had uh, the arm wrestling championships in Orlando back in, I believe it was 97, when I went against uh, Sergeant Slaughter and a couple <laughs> gladiators and I ended up taking the, the World Arm Wrestling Championships that night. $17,000. Hey, it was great. You know, you, another thing, another title under the belt to, to add to the, to the title. You, you don't stop, man. You don't stop. <laughs> it, it's just a love and passion, you know. And I, I remember when, you know, when they, when they gave that, that money out, you know, the check, they go, you know, it was basically, you know, Disney has their, their sports complex up there mm-hmm. and, uh, right here in Orlando. <clears throat> And they got a big sports bar, and that's, of course, where we had it. It was, like, over the top of Sylvester Stallone, if you remember that movie. Mm-hmm. It was, like, a giant bar. Everybody was around. Great atmosphere. It had all these wrestlers in there, the gladiators that were in Atlanta. Everybody was there, you know, going for the championship. <clears throat> At the end of the night, they go, what are you going to do with the $17,000 that you won? I looked around. I said, bring from the house. <laughs> <laughs> we had a good time. And you know what? At the end of the day, Lewis, it's all about having a good time and giving back. You know, <laughs> you got you got to enjoy life. You know, too many people take life too seriously. You know, uh, someone, uh, a friend of mine, told me this a while ago. He said, "You work hard, you play hard, you enjoy life." Okay, exactly. and, and that's what it's about. Because you said that you know, you with bodybuilding that you know it. It wasn't about the money, but it became about the money. Look, the reality is you're a lawyer. You go to school. You become a lawyer. You're doing it for the money. You might enjoy it, but you're doing it for the money. You're a doctor. Same reason. You go. You get your education. You love being a doctor. You love saving lives, but you're also doing it for the money. So this is really no different. You know, It's a business. It's a right. business, okay? But right. you're actually doing good out there, and, and that's the great thing about it, man. Again, anyone that has you to train them, they're lucky. You know, geez, you've been on the cover of close to 100 bodybuilding magazines around the world. Who can say that but Arnold? <laughs> right, right. You know? Right. You know, the thing is, like I say, you know, I, I, was, I, I wasn't lucky. I, I worked hard for what I did and what I, what I earned. And, and in all honesty, you know, I, I, was, I was blessed to do what I enjoyed, what I loved, and be able to make a great income at it and a great living at it to this day. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing that made me last so long from a teenager – so 2002 when I retired till today, uh, still training people, still you know in the publication, still work with nutrition lines, still work with ISSA, promoting the, the certification. 
Number one is, is that when you're involved in the sport, you're you're representing in anything from powerlifting, arm wrestling, boxing, bodybuilding, whatever I represent. I look at it this way: I'm representing, and and I have to be, you know, it, not only the top of the game is is that, you know, when you're representing, you want you want to people look up to you, right? And you just want to set a good example of, of who you're representing. And you know, I always did the best I I I could to be an ambassador of of the bodybuilding field, powerlifting field. And what I mean by an ambassador is I would never not talk to anybody. I would never give anybody five minutes of my time. If I'm at the Arnold Classic, if I'm at the Olympia, I don't care who you are. If you're five years old to 85 years old, you want five minutes of my time, you got it. Your questions aren't stupid. So it's all about giving back and and uh, you know what you do and and giving that. Know, five ten minutes of your, of your time to that individual, and and another thing for my longevity in all sports is I always put faith first mm-hmm. in all things. Mm-hmm. So you know that's one thing that helped me capitalize on a lot of my things. I stay grounded and just try to be a good person. You know sometimes it's hard. <laughs> Trust yeah. me. You know sometimes you get a swollen lip from biting all the time, but you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> well, some, sometimes you just got to suck it up. But you know, look if you ha- if your first priority is is being a good person. And doing good things, everything else will fall into place, you know. You got it. Yeah, and and you have people that do try to get you off your path. There's no doubt about it. They try to oh, yeah. take away that happiness, try to make you jaded, you know. And again, in the world of bodybuilding, yeah, man, you have a lot of people that have attitude. Okay, right. and, I, and I and I I'll say it here, and I really don't care that you have no right. no reason to have an attitude. You're Mr. Olympia, okay, but that you're right. still you're still a man. You're still human, exactly. okay, and right. you and you have fans out there, so you should give that respect. And you have people out there that do give that, give that respect, but you have some people that don't. I'm not saying, I'm not mentioning names, but this is the way it is. Right. That's you know? why you know, you got to be a good ambassador of the sport that year, and that's with any mm-hmm. sport. And when I when I when I entered the pro circuit, you know Lee Haney was there, Lee Labrada, Barry DeMay. I want to tell you something, Richie Gaspari. I know these guys to this day as personal friends. Mm-hmm. And I would say right now, Lee Haney is one of the greatest ambassador sports I've ever met. He's humble. Mm-hmm. His faith is strong. He'll give you any time of the day. You know, those are ambassadors of the sport. Mm-hmm. Lee LeBron, still a great guy. Uh, uh, Rich Gaspari, great guy. I love the guy to death. He's hardcore. Oh, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, he's a good guy. He, he dedicated his time and his strength and his circle, his circle of, of nutrition. I remember when he was floundering at the beginning. Right now, he's he's the Mac Daddy, and God bless him. You know, oh yeah, it's, he, it, you put it anything. Oh yeah, well he's. Well, I remember <laughs> when when I was with him in Miami. He's looking at me. He says, "You're gonna come to Jersey and train with me?" I said, "No." <laughs> I said, "I know you, Dragon Slayer. That's not happening. <laughs> I'm not getting hurt. <laughs> I'm not stupid." Yeah. Okay, but. But, Eddie, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be right back because I have some other things to touch on uh, during your uh, your competitive day. So we're going to be right back with Eddie Robinson. He is, in my opinion, one of the bodybuilding icons out there, and we're going to be right back. Hey, tell me now what can I take?
A boy born in Joplin, Missouri was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent? One in 260,000. The odds of this born racer having 157 career top 10 finishes in NASCAR? One in 125 billion. The odds of him winning both the Daytona 500 and the Brickyard 400 in the same year? One in 195 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism? One in 110. I'm NASCAR driver Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Hey, you want to see something cool? Check this out. My name's Anitra, and I'm going to rock your world. Wow. wow. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Look at that. Wow. Oh, my God. Along with my boys, Mikey and Joey. I need to show out my brother's we're knocking down walls and taking names. The brothers actually get something done. And everyone gets to play. Oh! Progress is slow. We should be finished by Christmas. Girls with power tools, roll. We're not just bringing back the den, baby. We're making mega dens that'll blow you oh, away. Wow. What are you oh, doing? It's unbelievable. That <laughs> is cool. You want some of this? Facial recognition, motion activating. You're gonna wet their pants. This may be the coolest room I have ever seen. Because life is too short to live without a mega dad. I like their size. I love their texture. Their shape, feel. They complete me. Big, small, it doesn't matter. Yes, I like boobies. Love boobies. Yes, I love boobies. Yes, I love boobies. I love boobs. Most of us know someone who's been affected by breast cancer. My friend. My piano teacher. My sister. My aunt. My teacher. My two aunts. My aunt Rachel. I beat breast cancer. We can beat this together. Show the world how much you care. And join us in the fight. Because it's more than just boobs. It's life. DDP Yoga. It ain't your mama's yoga. <laughs> Over the last 12 years, I developed this amazing program I now call DDP Yoga, specifically to strengthen and heal my own body. It's the only reason I was able to wrestle in the ring well over 15 years and three world championships. And now, I want to bring this amazing workout to you and it will change the way you think about the word yoga. DDP Yoga is all about zero impact, kick-ass cardio, increased flexibility, and core strength conditioning. It's like nothing you have ever seen or done before. DDP Yoga. It ain't your mama's yoga. All right, welcome back to the UCW Radio Show. We're here with Eddie Robinson, bodybuilder, bodybuilding icon, again, in my opinion. And, uh, he, you know, we're, we're happy to have him on the show. Welcome back, Eddie. 
Hey, thanks. Pleasure. I really enjoy this interview. You're having a great time. <laughs> yeah, we're having some fun here, man. We we last talked about where we just before the commercial break, we were talking about Rich Gasparri, you know, uh great guy, definitely. Him and Liz, they built an empire. Um and and you mentioned uh, as far as being an ambassador in the world of bodybuilding, he's definitely one. He's always giving back. He gives so many opportunities to these young bodybuilders out there. He sponsors right. them, does all this stuff, gives them play, gets them out there in the media, and and that, that's what you want to do because if you produce, uh, if you produce quality people in the sport, you're just gonna make it better for for everyone else. I think. Exactly, no doubt about it. Yeah, and and again, you you you've been there, done that, and I, and I want to go into something with you, okay? Because you were you were with uh, the Master Blaster. He had you. Uh, uh, on the contract for what about a dozen years, right? Hey, twelve years, really. You know, I started back when I was in my teens. You're looking probably close to fifteen to seventeen years, you know. But I really wasn't under contract. Contract at that time, Weeder took care of my rent. He gave me car allowance, what have you. And uh, of course, he helped me out with my nutrition guidance training. I flew out there, stayed with him. We would we would sit up at night. Betty would come out. We would sit up till two o'clock in the morning talking about the old days. I'm drilling them about Arnold and training techniques and talking about Sergio. And you know, I'm like a kid in a candy store trying to absorb all this training information. And basically, Joe would say, well, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> You're a teenager. You took a 5'10", 5'65". What were you doing? What were you thinking? <laughs> I said, you know, in all honesty, Lewis, I, I was blessed and educated very young. You know, I was, I was living... In Akron, I was in Uniontown, Hartville. I was raised with an Amish Mennonite. My nutrition was sound. I lived off the land. The Amish Mennonite did not believe in pesticides, hormones. Uh, everything was clean and natural. They believed in live cultures, raw goat's milk, the honey. To Everything was clean. And, and I was lucky to really get educated on proper nutrition. Mm-hmm. And I tried to incorporate that throughout my whole year, my oh. whole life. And, you know, back in the day, I mean, I was making money. I'm talking my son's age, younger than my son, probably about nine, ten years old, and we just get paid uh, ten cents a, b- a bale to throw in the back of the of, of the, 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 the trucks. You know, mm-hmm. as a kid, when they knock the hay fields down, you know we're throwing we're throwing hay, and we got paid ten cents a bale. And uh, you know, I'm nine, ten years old, and lift the fifty pound bales, and we're throwing them to our hands bled because ten cents was a lot of money. <laughs> you know, you made yourself a ten dollars of bloody hands, man. You had yourself a blast for the week, skating, you know, what have you, what have you, you right. know. So a lot of that lifestyle training, being the raised Amish man, working hard, you know, were pretty much uh, good staples of 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 you know working hard, training hard, learning nutrition. Mm-hmm. You know, all played into my life, and like mm-hmm. I say, I'm a product of my environment. I was raised around that. I was lucky, lucky enough to, to learn proper nutrition and what have you. Mm-hmm. I threw out the Amish and Midnight on how their lifestyle was. And like I say, I was a hard worker. I wanted to make a buck. So, hey, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't I don't blame you. And, you know, and it's funny. I, I Today, I'm, I'm watching a video uh, on YouTube. And I don't know. I was looking for something. And it had to do with you. Okay, I was looking for something, and then all, then all of a sudden this video comes up, and it's Jack Lane, and he's talking about nutrition, and right. he's talking about eating natural, how we, you know, it's like right now, you go to Whole Foods, you go to all this stuff, you're spending all this money for organic food, but the reality is, this is it's just taking food, you know, I mean, it's like the way you were, were what you grew up around, okay, right. that, that's what you have in the stores right now. Right. Okay, and that, you know, that does... Uh, 
uh, aid to having a healthier life. You know, because right. you can't do it with all the the uh, the, the processed food, the chemicals, all that nonsense. You know, we we tend to forget that because it's easy to grab something right. that's processed. It's easy. It's you know, right. but it can't yeah. be as easy to grab an apple too. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, like you say, you hit on something very important today. I mean, you know, even even if you go to your, your local supermarket, I mean. Most of the vegetables out there are shelf ripened. They're not vine ripened, which means a lot on the proper nutrition. A lot of these stuff are, are got a lot of pesticides. I mean, it, it's um, it's sad but true. Mm-hmm. And everything's loaded with preservatives. I mean, from the meat, to everything for shelf life. It's really hard. You know, luckily I had a great contract with Joe, which enabled me to buy mainly organic foods and meats and what have you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I had a key on that stuff because there was a big difference in taste. There was a big difference in the way my body looked mm-hmm. from from trying to keep everything you know live organic in its natural occurring state which is very hard to do and you have to have deep pox to do that we all don't have deep pox to do that so we do what we have to do mm-hmm. you know like i talked with my young guys and stuff they can't afford that you know i say eggs man the best source of protein get them whites going you know mm-hmm. eat food. Yeah, you know, the sad thing is is we do need nutritional products today, and the reason for it is everything on the shelf is stripped of nutritional value. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you got to take your multi-minerals. you got to take all that stuff. Yeah. You know, when I, when I was competing, I did a lot of sub-Q injections of, of amino acids, glucothione, uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of different uh, injectable B12, stuff like that for energy. There's stuff you just can't get. I mean, it's, it's rough. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, you got to key on these things to help get the edge. You know, it's just, uh, it's sad, but true. It's just hard to get that nutritional value off the shelf, and we have no choice but to turn to nutritional products and hope to God that these nutritional products that we're picking off the shelf are sound. Right. There's a lot of broken mirrored bullshit out there, Lewis. You know, a lot of stuff in there got some crap ingredients in there, and the consumer just don't know, you know, and, and the main thing is just to, to educate them on their proper needs. No, and then also you have a lot of products out there, that that have things in it that you I mean I guess the FDA can't or doesn't regulate that because when you take fifteen different things and throw it in a pill, all right, right. you know you, it's not just one thing. So you're doing that and it happens. You know I mean I, I, I'll share an experience with you on the show. Well, actually, I'm, I guess I'm sharing it with everyone. So um, but I I did take I took a pill. Okay, and I thought it had all this stuff. I took it. Oh my God, I didn't know what was in it. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. It was, it, I don't know what was in it. I would never do it again. But the, the point is, if you don't know what you're taking, you better find out what you're taking before you start taking it because it can be deadly. You know, if you, right. if, you, if you don't do it the right way, you know, or, or know what you're taking because if a lot, you know, if you have vitamins that aren't, you know, um, you have these compilations of stuff. Because right, right now you have all this stuff. I mean, way, I mean, 15, 20 years ago, I, I mean, the stuff that they have now is like, okay, what is that? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't know what that was. Uh, give me a, a B complex, this, that, and some, some, some right. of that. Um, oh my God, what was it? It was some wheat thing that I took. Oh my God, it was horrible. It was horrible, but I, I would take it because it was high in protein. You know, right. but it, it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get a big kick in reading labels because you always see proprietary blend. Mm-hmm. You know what it is? It's fairy dust. They put a little sprinkle in there that ain't going to actually do anything. But yet they put that fairy dust sprinkle in there so they can add 50 different herbs and ingredients to their pill. Mm-hmm. You know, which is crazy. You know, it is what it is. You know, yeah. that's why 
it's very important to go with big companies. Good companies have been around for a while, mm-hmm. and you know that that's the key. You know, you got these big companies that have been around; they're under the microscope. Their products are going to be sound. You know, and, and so, plus, if you have someone, you know, and we go back to Rich Gaspari, you have someone like him that is actually using his products. Right. Okay, then that could give you a little more confidence moving forward. If you're using your, the products and this is your company or your 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 uh, representative of the company, you use you're actually using it, not bullshit. You're actually using the products. Then right. that gives you a little more confidence in, in going forward. That's why you know Gasparri Nutrition. I, I really I, I like what they do. You know that's right. that's my personal opinion. I'm not. Uh, they they didn't pay for this endorsement. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Rick is a great guy. I love him to yeah. death. And God, he's a good, he, like, he's dedicated to sport, and he's out to give back. So he's got a sound nutrition life. So does Labrada. So does many other nutrition companies out yeah. there. You know, it's like I say, it's just, you know, do your research. You know, do your due diligence. Find out who's out there, what's out there. Mm-hmm. And just find out what you need to take. You don't need to take everything under the sun. And the main thing is just try and eat properly. You know, try it. And, you know, and, and, you know, I know you can't afford organic you know, vegetables, but just try and get what you can out there, you know, and eat properly. You know, like I said, my best source of protein is eggs this day. You know, every week I buy seven and a half dozen eggs, man. Me and my kids, we eat a lot of eggs. <laughs> Holy crap. You're keeping the chicken farmers in business. <laughs> it, is, it is, man. I'm surprised we all got feathers going off this week. So many freaking eggs around here. But like you say, it's, you know, my kids are raised on it's the best source of, of protein. You know, we... We got boiled eggs in the refrigerator. We have egg whites in the morning. I mean, you know, we put egg whites in everything. So, you know, it's all just trying to keep that, that good protein up guy to stay high, to send a good nitrogen balance to help it repair, replenish the muscle tissue, mm-hmm. you know, and then just try and get the, the roughage you need to help keep the digestive tract clean. And, we, you know, we believe in, you know, eating the broccoli, the cauliflower, mm-hmm. raw vegetables, you know, lightly steamed, not steamed to mush. You know, we need that, that, that proper roughness to help clean the digestive tract, and my son will even tell you, you know, we eat our salads first, we eat roughage first before we consume our protein, just for proper absorption, because, you know, I, I educate myself, well, why do we got to eat this first? Well, we got to eat this first because we want to clean our digestive tract. It's sending down the chute, it's cleaning all that mucus off our digestive tract, so when we put this protein in there, it's going to absorb it, because we've got all the mucus stripped out from the roughage we ate, and it's going to absorb everything a lot better. And then they're like, hmm, okay, now it makes sense why we eat salads first. <laughs> yeah, but, but, you nope. see, but you see what you're saying, this is why people out there, and again, I'm going to go back to the Fred Hatfield thing, people out there need to have someone that knows what they're talking about, okay? You can actually help someone from, from A to Z because you live it, this is your lifestyle, this is what you do, you do it with your family, so it's not, you know, uh, you practice what you preach. And th- there's nothing better than that because the results are shown in you. Right, you exactly. Know? And that's it, you've done it, you know. And now I, I want to go to, to, to into something, okay. Uh, I was going to talk about it earlier, but we get uh, we get sidetracked. But this conversation, we're, 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 we're all over the place, but that's okay, that's what, that's what we do here. Um, right, that's what... Talk shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, but when, when you were, when you were, you know, look, the master blaster, and, and you made mention of what he did for you. I know he's done that for a lot of uh, up and coming uh, bodybuilders. You know, helping them. He did it from back with, with Arnold, having him in, right. in, in 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 the back of Golds. Okay, when he when he had when he gave him a room back there and everything and brought him and, and did all that stuff. He's done that for so many people and he in the world of bodybuilding, iconic, he is the icon. He he, he is the icon and I, and I and I he's above 
and above Arnold, above everything, he is the guy. Okay. Now, when you were on the contract with him, okay, in in the nineties, in the early nineties, you you went you went another route. Okay, with uh, with uh, the um, the w- WBF. The, 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 well, I was going to say the WWF creator Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon. I got to say this: he is a definite innovator. Okay, right. I've seen him grow a company from nothing into a billion-dollar entity. And if you ever doubted his willingness to take a risk, you know the WBF is a is an example of that. Exactly. Okay. Not a doubt. Yeah, I mean, you were there. You were in the WBF, uh, which, in case people don't know what it was, the World Bodybuilding Federation. It was a WWF uh, bodybuilding thing. Uh, they were looking to go head-to-head with the IFBB. You had Gary Stridham, uh, Mighty Mike Quinn, Barry DeMay, Danny Padilla, uh, and you had Aaron Baker and, and with you and Tom Platts, too, uh, right. in, in that organization. But you, you were known as Major Guns. Major Guns, Eddie <laughs> Robinson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you, know, well, you, know, you know, Vince gave me that, that title because, you know, he, he, Vince is a genius. He's a marketing genius. Mm-hmm. He's a bodybuilder at heart. I mean, he's everything. That's why he did so well, because of his passion and love. And that's why he was saying through this whole interview, it all goes to your passion and love. Mm-hmm. You know, he did due diligence on me. Due diligence on me. You know, we sat and we talked. We had, you know, and, and we spent a lot of time together. You know, he knows my father was a distant sergeant in the Marine Corps. I was kind of a Marine brat. You know, I hold myself. I had the All-American look, had the titles of America, USA, blah, blah, blah. He pinpointed right when he was your major guns, Eddie Robinson. There's no doubt about it. All-American, you got the USA, you got the America, you came from a Marine Corps, a Marine, boom. And I said, he basically fit the M.O. on me, just like he did with Hulk Hogan and mm-hmm. like he did with Randy Savage, Macho Man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looked at their image and their character, and boom, it fit them. And look what they did. They were icons of the world, you know. Well, he's still and, doing uh, it today. Uh, he's still doing it today. He's definitely a genius when it comes to creating magic like that. Right, without a doubt. And he always will be. The reason for it is his passion is love. And Shane, his son, and Stephanie, they had the same passion and this, this, the wrestling will be an empire forever because it's the passion, it's entertaining. And if you look at the town they got now, they got true athletes nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a bunch of roid-headed biggest guys. No, we got some good athletes out there, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the athleticism on the ring to be able to, you know. I tell you what, Vince wanted me to wrestle. I got in a ring. I went to the classes. It's not for me, dude. You know, they say, oh, that stuff is fake. Let me tell you something. It's not fake. It's rehearsed, yes. These guys are athletes. You want to catch somebody 300 pounds off the ring and land with them on your chest? Try it. <laughs> You're going to get hurt sometimes. Let me tell you something. I was with Randy around. He bit half his tongue off, you know, catching uh, 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 Paul White, the, the giant, mm-hmm. off the ring. Let me tell you something. These guys are hurting, and they, they get the money they make is well-earned. I tell you, they take some bumps and bruises every night. These are some true athletes that really train and work hard. And I give them the utmost respect for what they do 24-7 in that ring. Yeah, and, and they, they do it. And, you know, you have, you have the guys out there, you know, they're working four or five days a week. You know, I mean, exactly. way back in the, in the you know, I'm going to say, what, maybe seven years ago or something, you know, you had, or maybe ten years ago, but guys were working 355 days uh, a year. Okay, you get hurt, you keep going. But, yeah, the bumps and the bruises, those are for real, man. Broken bones, yeah. Awesome, <laughs> you got it. Yep, you know, then you, I mean, they, but they, you know, what he's done, 
And I know I don't know we we we're going in the route of the wrestling, but we'll touch on that. We'll get back to the WBF, but with Vince McMahon, and this is not the Vince McMahon hour; is the Eddie Robinson hour. But with him, uh, he is definitely a genius. He's he's created a lot of stuff, got a lot of criticism, but he's built an empire. He knows how to build stuff. That's why you know his wife Linda. You know I I I endorse her for going for uh, uh, going for the Senate in Connecticut. She knows how to create jobs. Same way in this country, we'll, we need jobs. We need work. You know, people need to work. You know, so they've done that stuff. But going back to the WBF, and I'm sorry for, for straying a little bit. I just needed to get that out uh, since we're on that topic. Going to WBF. Now, how did, how did Vince approach you to get you involved with that? Well, you know, I, I was at the Olympia, okay, and I was competing at the Olympia that night, and uh, at 3 o'clock in the morning, I, I, I heard something at my door, and there was an envelope. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, I'd like to join you for breakfast. I got to talk to you about a few things, Vince McMahon. I'm like, who the hell's playing me here? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got some fan who's very smart trying to get me to meet him for breakfast in the morning, <laughs> saying they're Vince McMahon. You know, but you know what? I always, I always flip every stone over to see what's underneath it. So I showed up there, you know, and I went downstairs, and there was Tom Platts, there was Vince McMahon, and there was, there was uh, Fred Hatfield, and then I, of course, I grew up with Tom Platts. I was called Baby Platts through my career. Uh, of course, you know, Fred Hatfield was there when I took my world record. So you know what? It was, it was a glove. It was a really perfect fit for me. I came down there and they go, Eddie, we're coming out with the WBF, you know, where we want to take the best from the IFUB and create something that's needed. And we want to build characters. We want to set a new standard of bodybuilding to make it more theatrical, more entertaining, make you guys names, make you household images, do the merchandising. And I, I said, enough said. You know, they said, what would it take for you to leave the IFBB? I said, well, you know, I sat there and I about cried because I started thinking about Joe and I love right. Joe to death. He took me under his wing as, as a child and he, he, you know, I spent many nights with him looping, picking up covers for Muscle Fitness and Flex and we had such a relationship. But it comes down to livelihood, your career, your passion and see a change in something different. Mm-hmm. And um, I gave him a number. I, I picked the number out of my backside, Lewis. I didn't think they would ever say yes to just to start high. And, you know, my dad always said, if you make an offer, make sure it's outrageous because you got something to barter with to deal with. Because you always work down. You never work your way up any, anyway, yeah, smart, anywhere. Smart guy. And, really smart guy. <laughs> so, so Ben's handed me a piece of paper. said, I don't want you to say this for Tom or Fred. It's between me and you. He handed me a piece of paper and a pen. He said, I want you to write a number down. And I wrote it down. I folded it over and I handed it back and looked at it. And he put a contract in front of me. He goes, done deal. I looked at him. And I, I could not, my mouth dropped. <laughs> signed it. And I signed a, I didn't sign a two-year, I signed a four-year. Oh, wow. I was the only WBF to sign a four-year. Everybody else had a two-year contract. And what the stipulation on my contract was, was the, beyond everybody else, is they wanted me to be the face and, and, and the image behind IcaPro, which is, in, in, you know, IcaPro was integrated, uh, 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 what was it? ICO Pro. Integrated protein. I forget what the heck it was called now. It's been so long. But anyways, if you remember their nutrition line, ICO Pro. I, I remember that, though. I do. I was the endorser in the, in the face <clears throat> behind that line. So that's why they, they signed me for four years. To just, you know, because, of course, they got the line out. 
and they had my name on all, my my image on all the boxes. Of course, they wanted to have somebody longer for you know basically sell the boxes or what have you. Mm-hmm. So uh, I ended up signing, signing a four year deal with it, and oh yeah, Joe Joe didn't like it too much, of course, and uh, uh, um, Ben Weeder had a heart attack. Called me up and said that you know you guys you know sign over there you know it's it's basically you're, you're signing you're signing uh. Uh, a death warrant. You're done. You you won't ever be welcome back to IFBB. You guys are traitors. You know. I said, well, I won't go. Then if you do one thing, he goes, what's that? I said, here's what they offer me to come over. If you want to honor that, I'll stay. I said, I got a family. I got a young child at home. Mm-hmm. I got a wife and kids to take care of. I've done this all my life. I won all these titles, these world records for a reason. I'm going to get paid for it. And and not that that Joe never treated me well and did well with me. It's just that I seen another opportunity to make a great deal of money. Mm-hmm. And he looked at the contract. He said we can't afford that. And I said, well, then I have to leave because I am not looking out for myself. I'm looking out for my family. Right. He said, understand. So that's when I went and Joe gave me his blessings and uh, I went off. I went off and we had a we had a great time with the, with the WB with the WBF World Bodybuilding Federation. Vince treated us great. I mean, we showed up the airport. We had a limo there. I wasn't used to that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a great lifestyle. He took care of his athletes. I loved it. Not to say Joe didn't. Joe did. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was more... It was uh, different. More, more flamboyant. More Hollywood. Yeah, Lewis was... Yeah, exactly. It was more of a fairy tale. It's like mm-hmm. you get out of your plane. You're flying first class. You got a limo down there. You're going to a five-star hotel. You got, I mean, it was, it was sick. It was crazy. Something I really wasn't used to, mm-hmm. which, which, you know, I don't think I could ever get used to that because it was just, um, it was great. I could get used to it, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was great. And it was a great move for me. Uh, like I say, the, after, after the uh, two years of WF, of course, uh, Vince, you know, folded it. Uh, I stayed on for the extra, extra year. Uh, all the, the, the IFB pros, uh, some of them, uh, a majority of them, not a majority, I'll say half of them did go back to IFBB. Mm-hmm. The stipulation for that was they had to pay a, a huge fine. I don't know what it was. I've heard that they wanted 25% of the contract that they had for that two years to pay the IFBB to come back. Uh, and then, of course, some of them paid it. And then when they got back, of course, you know you know how the judging is. I mean, you were oh. a traitor. <laughs> you're, you're, your call-outs ain't going to be too, too pretty. Oh, you're wondering yeah. why you're in the line I'm not getting called out you know their 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 feathers are ruffled you know so the, you know the sad story was most of them didn't do very well when they came back mm-hmm. uh, I came back to the IFBB and how I ended up coming back is I had a, a year back <clears throat> Joe said <clears throat> asked me if I wanted to come back uh, to the IFBB <clears throat> to get back on the you know the covers to get back in the publications I said I'd love to come back but I can't I still got a contract I still got a year and a half left with Vince and uh, he said, well, if I take care of that, will you come back? I said, yeah, but I'm not paying no fine. I'm not going to pay that 25% of, of my earnings to come back to the stage. Mm-hmm. He said, don't worry about it. If I can get everything cleared up, will you come back and, and endorse and go back to contract? I said, yeah. So so Weeder pretty much bought my contract out, and I came back. Mm-hmm. And then I went on back to the Arnold Classics. And, you know, the thing is, you know, thank God the other guys – you know, got their punishment. When I came back, it was kind of under the under the rug. It wasn't as bad anymore. You know, right. I came back. You know, as I accepted. You know, I didn't do as well as I thought I would do. I was placing eighth in the Arnold Classic. You know, and I went on to the European Grand Prix, doing fives and six and eighth. Not as best as I thought I would do because I was getting punished. But hey, dude, I ended up getting 
a cover on every Muscle Fitness and Flex magazine. I was on every issue of every publication, and that's that's what I'm all about is writing about sports nutrition and dieting and being on covers right. and and just showing what I do and what have you. So I was lucky to come back, you know, for you know another what five five six years to IFBB and under Joe Weider contract for the nutrition and publications. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that you know the way I'm you know just hearing your, hearing that story, I think Joe. Because uh, I guess he, Joe Weider, with some of his talent, okay, he went and he, I guess he kind of felt like that they were his children, okay, and that's probably right. how he felt like you were like one of his sons, you know. He doesn't, and I and I know that you know a lot of the uh, the uh, the bodybuilders there, uh, he did not feel that way about him, you know. But you were one of the ones that he did, like he did with Arnold and and a few other guys, right. Right. You know, we had a great relationship. You know, I stayed at his home. You know, we would, we, like I say, we, we were like little kids. I mean, Joe's like a little kid at heart. He's a great guy. He's, he's a muscle head. We would sit there with the, with the loop looking at photos of body parts and girls for covers. And we're like, what do you think about this? Oh, yeah, I don't know about this and this and that. Or maybe we'll airbrush this vein out of here. And this is too freaky. They're going to sell a muscle fitness and, and what have you. And, we would stay up to two, three o'clock, and we're just like little kids, you know. <laughs> just, and it was great. It was I loved it, and I, I love. You know, I want to tell you something, Joe. You know, if it wasn't for him, I would never be who I was or what I am, and that's the bottom line. And I, I'll say that to the day I die. If it wasn't for him, I would never. I would still have my titles. Don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't have had the eighty-five covers, the three hundred and sixty magazine articles. And to be a household name when it came to bodybuilding and, and my achievements and being able to, you know, portray to the to the audience of the world on diet and nutrition, writing articles and what have you. You know, I got guys that it's, it's funny because, you know, I get these attorneys and doctors. They go, yeah, but I was in college. I used to that makes me feel so old. Hmm. These guys are older than me. <laughs> you know, when I was in college, I'm like, holy cow. You know, I got, remember, I was a teenager, 16, 17 years old. Right. I got first cover of flex i was 16 and uh you know it's, it's kind of great in a way to have three generations of fans that followed your career mm-hmm. and like i say i would never have had that if it wasn't for joe joe's a sound guy he's a great guy he's got the biggest heart in the world he's a bodybuilder at heart mm-hmm. he puts athletes first he takes he takes the best and he takes care he can't take care of everybody but he tries to do what he can do oh, he's yeah. a great ambassador of sports and nutrition Across the board, I don't care if it's bodybuilding, football, basketball, he's there. You know, he'll give you the tools you need to train for any sport. He has the equipment, the guidance, the tools for proper nutrition and training. He would have it. Joe Weider is the icon. He is the, he's the god of bodybuilding and fitness, and he always will be. He's a legend, and he'll always be a legend for generations to come. Who will take his place when he passes? I don't think there's anybody that can, be honest with you, anybody that will, you know? That's like saying who who's going to take the place of Bruce Lee, who's going to take the place of certain people. You can't because he's, he's set the path. He created, he, he created a path where there was no path. Right. Okay, and he opened up the doors for a lot of people. If it wasn't for him, there would be no Arnold, and people need to realize that. If it wasn't for him, there would be no Arnold. If it wasn't for him, there would be no Lou Ferrigno. If there wasn't for him, there would be no Eddie Robinson in the world of bodybuilding. Okay, and you know, and you know the doors that opened up for Arnold as 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 aggressive and everything that he was. If he didn't have this vehicle, it would be hard to jump to other things. Right, and that's that's point on, Lewis, because. 
you know, where did Arnold get his drive? Let me tell you something. When he came over here to the States, he, him and, 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 and Weeder were tight. And he watched Joe. He seen his passion, his drive. And don't think that he didn't absorb everything he had as a sponge mm-hmm. and take it to heart and excel on it through his life. And that's what he did. He was mm-hmm. a very smart man. He knew what he was going to do. Yeah. He was smart with his money. He invested in property in California. He knew he was going to get into the movies. He knew he was going to get into politics. He had his life planned out from day one, and he accomplished everything he set out to do. The, Ameri- the American sense. dream. The American dream. <laughs> he lived it. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, and if, if that, that that's not an example of you know going trying to live your dreams and nothing is, and that definitely nothing is, you know. And and again, I, I think that you know you have someone like like Reader that has done this. I believe that um, what what he what he's taught the world of bodybuilding, especially those that listen. Yeah, you know, and there was something that, that that I forget what coach, what football coach talked about it. You know, it was about being a champion. And he said that 50% of this is desire. If you have the desire to become XYZ, you will become. You'll, you'll work towards that. And that's something that, that uh, the Master Blaster himself instilled and, and showed because he lived it. He, he showed by example. Yeah, and that, that's, and that, that's what I've seen him do, you know, over the decades. You know, so I think that's fantastic. And, again, that, you know, instilled in you and you're actually paying it forward to the people that you speak to, the people you train, the fans that you talk to. When you do your writings and the magazines, all this stuff comes out. So it's a pay it, it's a pay it forward process. And, and I think that's, that, that's the, the beauty of, of uh, becoming successful with, with things in life is that you have the ability to pay it forward. And you have, Eddie. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Anyone can see it, that you've done it uh, throughout your career. You're doing it now post-competition, and you're still relevant. And that, that's, that's, that's great. You're still relevant. You're not obscure. You're not in, in the land of obscurity. You're relevant in, in the world of fitness, not just bodybuilding, but fitness itself. Okay, and uh, now I know that, you know, again, we went through a lot of stuff here, and I, I, I mean, we can talk, you and I, my friend, we can talk for hours about everything because we can touch on a lot of different things, but we don't have that time. Um, okay. I, I do want to thank you for coming on the show. It was, it was fantastic. I, I had a lot of fun with you on the show. We touched on a lot of stuff. It was great uh uh, hearing your story and our listeners to hear your story, so I, I do thank you for that. and I appreciate it. Um, is you know for those listeners that want to to learn more about you and still follow you, follow you because you, your career is far from over. Still follow what you're doing, follow your career, follow everything. Give us some information so they can you know find out more about what's going on with uh, Eddie Robinson. Well, if you want to find out what's going on with Eddie Robinson, you can Google me. I'm all over the place. If you want to find out my life, man, you got to Facebook me. My kids are on daily. My clients are on daily from sparring, kettlebell, workout, diet, nutrition. You know, it's some things that's comical. I show my lifestyle, what I do. I keep it good. It's clean, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody who wants to friend me, i got a fan page, and i I got a personal Facebook page. You know, Facebook Eddie Robinson. I'll accept you, and you can see what I'm doing in my life. Any question uh, that you have regarding diet and nutrition, I turn nobody away. 
my service is free. I might not be able to respond to you that day, but I respond to everybody. And I do respond to everybody. Uh, like I say, Facebook is the key right now when it comes to network anything. And, and uh, uh, basically thing to do is, is to Facebook me out on my fan page uh, or my personal page, and you can see what I'm up to daily. I'm, uh, I'm in the process of developing a cutting-edge nutrition line that's going to be uh, more medical through doctors. Uh, uh, it's basically getting into uh, peptides, amino acids, uh, glucothione, DHA. These are sub-cute injectables uh, that are, aren't steroids. Not, it, it's raw nutrition with the proper delivery, things that I used and, and catalyzed throughout my career that I'm developing right now uh, through the doctor network. And also, I'm coming out with a sound nutrition line that I'm working with these doctors with that, uh, that we're working on as we speak. So hopefully, we'll launch that hopefully at the beginning of next year. Mm-hmm. And I'm planning on, on going out there. And like I said, it's about giving back, giving good sound nutrition out there. Mm-hmm. And I give out my advice. It's my passion. It's my love. I'm here. I'm out to give it out for free. So like I said, anybody wants to contact me, Facebook me, Google me, YouTube me. You'll see all my training clips all over the place. And, uh, you know... Come talk to me. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that look. If that's not paying it forward, I don't know what it is. You're you're giving you're giving more yourself than most people do out there. And I I'm saying it. Most people don't do that. You're doing it. I think that's a beautiful thing. But it shows the character of the man that you're actually doing that. It's not all about the money, people. You know, Eddie Robinson, he's a champion, bodybuilding icon. He is uh, looking to help. Not only one person, but as many people as you can. Now, Eddie, you have you have a website too, don't you? Uh, I have a website. It's uh, eddierobinson.org. Uh, to be honest with you, I haven't updated anything, but it, it shows a lot about my careers. It has a lot of my covers on there, uh, what have you. Uh, you know, uh, it's pretty much ran by the ISSA. Uh, you know, I, I got to redo another website. But you know, my main thing is right now is just a fan page on Facebook, okay. which everybody's on Facebook these days, and you're current on what you're doing and, and all aspects of your life from where you're at, what you're doing, what you did, who you're training, yeah. what happened. So like you say, Facebook is, is the network marketing of everything, and uh, uh, that's probably the best way to contact me and find out more about me. And, of course, all my pictures, my archives, you can see 85-plus covers. You can see all my articles. I got, I think, 360 articles on my Facebook fan page. And you can see, you know, you know, my, my kids, my life, where I live, my fish I caught last week. You can see everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you do share a lot, and I think that's great, man. I really do. And, again, I, I know you don't use it a lot, and Facebook is your main thing, but you do have a Twitter account. Uh, you have a Twitter um um, well, you use you use it sparingly, but you do have it, you know. So, yeah, I, so anyone that's out there, you know, just just follow Eddie Robinson. That's Eddie underscore Robinson. Am I wrong or right? You're right. All right, I got it because I sent you a tweet today to letting people know that you were on there. So I, you know, you have people uh, that are following um, uh, anyone, you know. But if you want to follow real people, genuine people, Eddie Robinson is one of them, and. You know, and as you as you get more into doing it, uh, they're going to get more out of your messages, and that's what it's about. Exactly. Okay, perfect, Eddie. Again, thank you so much. And when you have your product line that, that's going to come out, I want to bring you back on the show. I want to introduce this to our listeners and get it out there uh, because I know that you're going to come out with something that's of high quality, 
and that's and that's there's nothing better than that either. You got it. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you having me on the show. It's nice to talk to somebody uh, that has the same passion and love for, for sports, training, diet, nutrition. It makes it so much easier to, to talk. You know what I'm saying? And thank you. It was a, it was a pleasure talking to you. Same and, uh, and I appreciate who you are, what you are. And uh, basically, your personality is, is sound, man. Thank you. I appreciate no, no, it. Thank you, right. thank you, Eddie. I appreciate it. Initiating shutdown sequence. You're listening to UCW Radio in your face. What is your major malfunction? So let it be written. So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.